0: Today in Science, from Wired. To call what's happening in the oceans right now an anomaly is a bit of an understatement. Since March, average sea surface temperatures have been climbing to record highs. Since this record-keeping began in the early 1980s, the global average of the world's ocean surfaces has oscillated seasonally between 19.7 and 21 degrees Celsius, or 67.5 and 69.8 Fahrenheit. Toward the end of March, the average shot above the 21-degree mark and stayed there for a month. This temperature spike is not just unprecedented, but extreme. It's surprising to me that we're this far off the trajectory, says Robert Rohde, lead scientist at Berkeley Earth, a nonprofit that gathers climate data. Usually, when you have a particular warming event, we're beating the previous record by a little bit. Right now, we're sitting well above the past records for this time of year for a considerable period of time. Rhody points out the temperatures were just under two-tenths of a degree warmer than the previous record. Two-tenths doesn't sound like a lot, but in ocean terms, two-tenths is actually a lot because it doesn't warm as quickly as the land, he says. March is normally when average sea surface temperatures start declining. That's because the southern hemisphere has transitioned from summer to autumn, and that hemisphere has more ocean covering it than the northern hemisphere, which has more bulky land masses. As southern oceans cool, they bring down the average global sea surface temperature. But at the moment, temperature anomalies are widespread around the world's oceans. It's above-average temperatures nearly everywhere, says Rohde, and there's a significant heat wave in the North Pacific, which has been going on for many months. Warming in the Atlantic may be contributing to the extreme heat that's hitting Spain right now, and it shows the broader problem caused by high ocean temperatures. What happens in the sea doesn't stay in the sea. The oceans have absorbed something like 90% of the excess heat humans have put into the atmosphere, but the oceans are also capable of handing that heat back to the atmosphere, which in turn heats the land. Both the atmosphere and oceans are becoming warmer and warmer, says Boyin Huang, a physical scientist and oceanographer at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. If the atmosphere pushes the ocean, then the ocean will push back into the atmosphere. Last year, researchers reported that climate change has made extreme heat events in the ocean the new normal. Thanks to historical data collected from ships all over the world, they determined the highest surface temperatures between the years 1870 and 1919, essentially setting a baseline for extremes. They found that in the 19th century, 2% of the ocean was hitting these extremes, but because of climate change, it's now 57%. In other words, extreme heat events in the ocean are now typical. Scientists haven't yet worked out what contribution climate change has made to the current surface temperature anomaly, but they can say that the longer-term trend since the early 1900s averaged globally shows a rise in the intensity of sea surface temperature anomalies. That warmer water is already causing problems across the world's oceans. Not only are higher ocean temperatures rapidly eating away at Antarctica's massive ice shelves, but hotter water actually expands to take up more space, raising sea levels. The Pacific waters off of South America are currently very warm. This is an unusual coastal El Niño that is not linked to the larger El Niño with global climate implications, says biological oceanographer Francisco Chavez of the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute. A classic El Niño is a band of warm water that develops across the Pacific. That's in contrast to the La Niña we've had the past few years, which is a band of cold water in the Pacific. Models suggest there's a 62% chance of a classical El Nino developing by June or July, with a 4 in 10 chance of a strong El Nino. But it's not a sure thing because El Nino is a consequence of complex atmospheric dynamics, basically wind blowing warm water over from Asia. There's still a lot of uncertainty, says Chavez. Forecasting the real El Nino is difficult because the atmosphere is chaotic. Whenever El Nino does arrive, it'll have consequences. On the upside, there tends to be less hurricane activity over in the Atlantic when El Nino is active in the Pacific. But the outcomes for precipitation are mixed. For Peru, El Nino tends to create more rainfall. But to the east, in the Amazon rainforest, it can lead to devastating drought. And all that extra heat in the Pacific could significantly raise global temperatures. There's a chance for 2023 to be the record warmest year, says Rohde. If an El Nino develops, as we now think is likely, 2024 will probably be warmer than 2023. In the ocean itself, warmer waters, due to El Nino or just overall long-term heating, can become less biologically productive. Some organisms that reach their thermal limit can migrate to colder waters, transforming both the ecosystem they leave and the new ones where they take shelter. But others, like corals, are stuck in place. These animals are particularly sensitive to heat and bleach in response, releasing their symbiotic algae that provide them energy. The ocean food chain also depends on the natural circulation of water, which is influenced in part by temperature. When cold water in the depths upwells to the surface, it brings up nutrients that fertilize phytoplankton. These microscopic plants grow in the sunlight, becoming a critical food source for tiny animals like zooplankton. But when water heats up at the surface it stratifies turning into a sort of cap that sits on top of colder waters below the bigger the cap the harder it is to break by heating the ocean you're going to basically decrease the amount of nutrients that come up says chavez a longer-term concern is how much is this overall heating going to change the natural fertilization processes like upwelling will the ocean become more of a desert over time like what you learned, subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com/science.